right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. I just I, your host, Pizza Mind, and I'm flying solo today, and uh, but not by myself because I have the beautiful and talented Maria Gomez, the managing director from one of my favorite groups in all of the crypto space, the Interchain Foundation. Maria, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Thank you so much, Pizza Mind, for inviting me here. Well, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, tag team partner while we're on the podcast today because there's so much to be excited about in the Cosmos ecosystem. And it's been a little while since we've had someone on to kind of talk about it. Um, So if you would, first, let's get to know you. What were you doing before you joined the Interchain Foundation? And what was it about the Interchain Foundation that attracted you there? Hey guys, TiVo here with a quick ad break to tell you that today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some of the much-needed clarity in the finance world, thus helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Some of the things I've learned from these guys include planning for my tax bills, managing finances with your partner, making a balanced budget, saving on travel, planning for some retirement, and boosting my credit score. If these things sound interesting to you, Make sure that you listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So amongst the hustle bustle of our busy lives, my wife and I are always on the lookout for ways to streamline our daily routines without compromising on the quality of our meals. And that's where Factor comes into play, perfectly aligning with our desire to save time amidst our hectic work schedule. Now, Factor's array of delicious, ready-to-eat meals, expertly prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, simplifies eating well every single day. And with over 35 weekly options catering to various dietary preference like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, you know, Factor ensures we're well equipped for the week ahead. And the convenience of having nutrition packed meals and over 55 add-ons delivered directly to our door transforms weekly meal planning into a delightful experience. And, And guys, real quick, Factor has a two minute meal as well, many of them. And it offers us the luxury of enjoying restaurant quality food in the comfort of our own home, ready to heat and eat at our convenience. The broad selection extends beyond meals to include snacks, smoothies, and everything else, right? Covering all of our little hankerings and cravings throughout the day. Now look, the service's cost effectiveness when compared to takeout paired with the assurance of nutritious and delicious options is what makes Factor a no-brainer for me and my wife. Um, And it should be a no-brainer for you too. Now, what truly sets Factor apart is its flexibility, meaning the option to choose between 16 to 18 meals per week, along with the ability to pause or reschedule deliveries, ensuring that the service adapts to our ever-changing schedules and not the other way around. We're in charge, right? The no prep, the no mess meals, uh, guys, it's just been a game changer for us. And now we're able to focus on what matters most, building our relationship together without the hassle of meal prep and cleanup. So if you're ready to embrace a week filled with effortless, feel-good meals, then visit factormeals.com slash crypto101.50 and use the code crypto101.50 for an incredible 50% off your first order. Don't miss out on this opportunity to elevate your meal time with Factor's fast, upscale and easy dining solutions. Again, that's crypto 10150. That's the code at factormeals.com slash crypto 10150 and claim your 50% off discount today. 
Yeah. Um, before the Interchain Foundation, I was working in a project in Ethereum that was building uh, tools for DAOs. The project was called Aragon. And um, my background is in law. I used to be a corporate lawyer. So um, when I started working in crypto um, through Coinbase, that was my first uh, work in uh, within crypto, um, coming from the traditional world. And I, I, and I started learning about uh, Ethereum and like the DAO project. Um, I was very, as a lawyer, I was, I was very interested about uh, DAOs and what they were and how different they were from traditional organizations. So yeah, before uh, coming to the to Cosmos and to the Interchain and, and, and the in the in the foundation, I was um, yeah very involved in um, in DAOs and and like um, for me my world was mainly Ethereum and the Ethereum ecosystem, and I knew some things about other ecosystems like Cosmos. Um, However, at the moment that the opportunity came to join the foundation, um, you know, like there was a lot of uh, conversations and discussions around the future of Ethereum and the scalability of Ethereum. This was like more or less uh, two years uh, ago two years and a half ago um, about the scalability of Ethereum and like uh, their, their change to, to, to POS. And, and then I started like looking at, at other ecosystems that were already having that. And, um, and for me, I was like, yeah, it looks like Cosmos is going, is going to be the future of Ethereum and, and Cosmos is already, uh, you know, like the things that I was, I was seeing that they were going to move towards, um, those things were already being applied in in the cosmos ecosystem so for me that was interesting enough to join the the foundation yeah and there's so many interesting things going on there what is the role of the interchain foundation within the cosmos ecosystem yes um so we are one of the entities that um we are focusing on the funding of public goods so um, we have a stack, and, and we call it uh, the interchain stack. Previously, the Cosmos stack. We are trying to change more to, like you know, talk about the interchain rather than Cosmos. Um, so we have this interchain stack, which is uh, a set of tools and, and technologies that uh, that people can use to set up their own blockchains, and um, those set of, of tools are like the IBC protocol or the um, intercommunication, interblockchain communication protocol, then the Cosmos SDK and the consensus engine, which is um, uh, Comet BFT, previously known as uh, known as, as Tendermint. Um, so we make sure that those public goods, um, they don't have a business model and, and they will always be free and open source. Um, they keep uh, running and they keep uh, evolving. And uh, so, yeah, so so that's our main mission, making sure that this uh, stack um, is innovative um, and is well-maintained so so the, the Cosmos ecosystem can flourish. And I think it's really cool how you've built that out in such a modular way where someone can have a Cosmos chain, uh, but they don't have to have it IBC connected. Or they don't have to use the Tendermint algorithm. They can have proof of work if they want to or anything else that makes them comfortable. But they can still be part of this much larger ecosystem. So I've been very, very impressed with all the different groups that are contributing to Cosmos over there. Now, but let's talk about DAOs. 
at a high level, what makes a DAO different from a normal LLC or C Corp? <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, through my exp- my years of of of, uh, of experience working with the DAO tooling, um, you know, in in at the beginning, like we we the project uh, was launched, the pro- Aragon was launched like around twenty seventeen, even before DAOs were so hot at, as they are right now. Um, the, my learning was that um, you know a, a real DAO is, is a is a real decentralized and autonomous organization, and and right now. People don't really know what's decentralized and what's autonomous, what that really means. Um, and a lot of the entities that are being called DAOs are not different than any. There are actually, most of them are legal entities, so there is no difference whatsoever. And, um, and or some of them are not even incorporated. So they, they are just, you know, like a, um, a sort of unincorporated organization that sometimes don't even use smart contracts to operate like it's a it's a i i say that uh currently DAOs are having a huge identity crisis and and this is very problematic because it's very risky for people you know that they join a DAO um or what is called a DAO uh, with an understanding that like you know like um things are transparent and in open and uh trust minimized and in reality, that's not the that's not what is happening. But and, and so for me to go back to your question, um, yeah, decentralized autonomous organizations are totally different than legal entities. Um, first, they are the uh, autonomous. That means that they are self-regulated. Um, they are trust minimized. Um, the, the trust is based on the system or, or the the the, the um, encoded rules uh open in in, in open source at that open source rules that that these systems have and uh, and also they are they they are not there are not a strict a strict extrinsic powers that can control these systems um that's what it means to be autonomous and then they are decentralized meaning that these individual powers of any group or any person or any jurisdiction are really minimized um among a sea of of, of contributors among a sea of participants. Um, so yeah, nobody there really control the full picture. Um, you really can interact with those DAOs according to the, the encoded rules. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, there is no one person that, that can control that system. So for me, a DAO is like something like the Ethereum blockchain um, or a DAO is, is, a, is a really decentralized protocol on top of, of the Ethereum blockchain. That's what for me is a DAO. And like, uh, and, and they are not, like a legal entity is, is, um, is, a, is yes, is, a, is an incorporated entity that has to be uh, attached to a specific rules uh, in, in certain jurisdictions. And, and these entities need to follow those, um, those rules that are set up by people. And um, and uh, yeah, in in um, in the difference with a the uh, with a DAO would be that the rules in in these systems are are software. Okay, so what is the right use case to form a DAO over a legal entity? I mean, I know there's not not every organization is big enough where they need to incorporate or doing as important things where they need to have an EIN number here in the states or a bank account. Uh, you know, can we operate as a DAO or will some government jurisdictions view that as doing business illegally? What have you seen so far in, 
being in the DAO space for like five yeah. years plus now. So, yeah, so I always say uh, it, it depends on like what is it that you're trying to do. And if we are, you are trying to do set up a, like a, like um, an automated system, like a, a blockchain, for example, or a specific protocol. Uh, and if that is really going to be decentralized, yes, you don't have to incorporate that thing as, as an entity. However, it, you know, like you are contributing to that system and, and, and it's good that if, like if you are, for example, part of the team of the developers that are setting up that blockchain, it's better for you to incorporate. But you have to make a difference between what is it that you are incorporating? If is a, is a, the organization under which this group of humans are going to be working for that 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 DAO that they are building or that protocol or that blockchain that they are building. Um, so yeah, so, so if, if you, what you are doing is just, um, you know, forming a, an organization full of humans to, you know, collectively go and buy a house, go and buy a golf thing. Like, you know, there are now a lot of like social DAOs called social DAOs and they are just a bunch of humans, uh, using a multi-seek. Um, so yeah, if, if these are the cases where you see that, Technology is not going to play a big ro role within that entity that you want to, to or system that you want to organize. Um, you should incorporate. Um, yes, you should incorporate. Technology is front and center of, of DAOs and front and center of, of a system like the blockchain. If you go and see other type of what people call DAOs are just, you know, like, yes, they can use um, a, a multisig and that's piece of, of, of technology, but they use that just to keep uh, their funds, uh, which are tokens. And then, but then their, their main, the main activities are always like off chain, you know, they set up a group to go and, and buy certain tokens or, or buy certain house, a house or a, or a, or a, or a, a land to build a golf course or something like that. You know, that that's in this in those cases, you should incorporate. Got it. So what kind of tools out there are there to serve DAOs right now? Because it's very, very difficult to run any kind of business without the right kind of tools and software. Is it just a multi-sig wallet or are there other things as well, like analytics and hiring platforms, uh, accounting, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So for me, um, as I said, for me, one thing is is, uh, is is this really decentralized and autonomous organization like the blockchain or, or a protocol. And then there are other entities that they, uh, you know, like that, that they can contribute to these um, to these systems, to these blockchains. And we are seeing it already. These are the ones that are wrongly called DAOs. However, what I believe is that these really these entities are are legal entities that can be used um, is not only multi-sigs, but they can use the smart contracts. They can also be um, a, a governed at some point by the, the, the blockchain system or the token holders themselves, for example. So um, they can set up uh, a foundation where the multi-seek is, um, is, the, is, is, is um, the, the tool for holding the, the assets of the foundation. However, for example, the token holders can decide um, through a connection with uh, that multi-seek and the blockchain. Um, they can decide who are the signers of that multi-seek. And um, yeah, they also can even keep uh, the multi-signers 
customers uh, accountable. So I think that there is there are a lot of tools, um, starting with the, the smart contracts itself, um, that can make these entities, which are not a DAO because they are just a legal entity, um, but can be very innovative as well because they will call, there is a lawyer that call them a cybernetic entities or cybernetic organizations or, or, or borgs. Um, so yeah, they can, they can also have their operations automated, for example. And, um, and, uh, but yeah, and they will be contributing to, to this system through many ways, hiring the developers are that one of the group of the developers that are, um, maintaining and, and, um, development the developing the software of 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 that blockchain and uh yeah it's uh it's uh the things that you can the tools that you can use uh for those automated or like more technological entities are are what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited. One of the features of DAOs is voting with uh, different tokens. And you have an on-chain record of what the vote was. It's transparent. But is that vote enforceable on-chain with code where you could transfer ownership automatically through these smart contracts if that's how it's voted? Or do you still need human recognition of the vote and willingness to hand over some of these things? For example, we saw in 2017 Tezos, uh, which is a smart contract platform that really pioneered on-chain governance. Um, Their entire treasury was basically held hostage by one of their founders for several years. And they had to go through all kinds of lawsuits just to get them to, you know, give it over because they were basically creating a solution for a problem that they themselves had, which was the irony of the whole thing. Where is it at today? Not necessarily Tezos, but just in general. Yeah, no, I think today in general, you you can you can have uh, on chain enforcement, um, and that's that's a that's a, a like that's a very good thing because you don't have to go to the traditional legal system to enforce any decision. 
Um, however, I know that like also the blockchains and, and the systems right now are very limited. So there are certain things that you ca- could automate, like for example, they vote on on the ag- upgrade of, 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 of the system itself, right? Like a software upgrade of the system itself. That can be once a vote passes, um, that that can like immediately be enforced. Um, today we have the blockchains and, and, and the different toolings that have that capability. However, there are other um, cases where the automation is not about the tooling, if it does possible or not, it's about if that makes sense or not. And uh, I think one of the biggest example for that is like, uh, for example, when the community or the token holders are voting um, for a grants program, you know, um, it, it's very difficult to automate uh, this, like decisions like what team to fund or, or what not. This is still very human. There, there, are, there are activities around these blockchain ecosystems that are still very human. And like, it's important for humans to, to, to participate rather than automate those things um, because they are very um, subject, subjective, you know, like and you cannot, it's very difficult to, to set up objective rules around like allocations of, of funds, for example. So, yeah. So um, I think today you can, you can have um, a automated enforcement, but sometimes it's best not to have that automated enforcement. Um, another, another thing is that, um, as I was saying, you can have a foundation, legal entity and, um, Certain parts of that foundation can interact with the with the blockchain and also can be uh, influenced or or directed by the token holders. Like I said, like a foundation that has a multi-seek and their funds are um, even though the foundation manages the the funds, the token holders keep these people accountable, the signers of that multi-seek accountable. Um, and the thing is that yes, you can do that through like. Um, totally on chain and and say that like if the participant do something that um, specific i don't know move a beyond a certain threshold for example and move assets beyond a certain threshold without the following the specific uh, processes then through a vote um the 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 token holders could change uh, those signers or like leave those signers out of, of that multi-sig. However, in terms of like, if something, things happen, if, if some other things happen and the community was not like uh, uh, aware of those things and they could not act before those facts, then I think it's also useful to have some legal system in place. Like, for example, there are jurisdictions that are starting to recognize blockchains. And, and so you can say, you can put in the bylaws of that foundation that the multi-seek is, um, you know, that the ultimate directors of that multi-seek are these token holders and that that multi-seek is just a, a, a set of, of code that is deployed in, in this blockchain address. And so already certain jurisdictions, of, of course, not many are recognizing those things. So it's also good to have certain protection, legal protection whenever an, a, humans are involved. Can a DAO have a legally enforced contract or is it still this kind of ethereal creation that's not really recognized? Mm-hmm. Because for me, DAOs are truly um, blockchains or, or protocols are, are more um, close to a machine or to a computer than to uh, a, a like a corporation like the ones that we know today is best that DAOs 
don't have, you know, I, I see these systems as a, an illegal thing. And it's not because of our revolutionary thing. Your legal system doesn't apply to us and whatnot. It's just because there are there is no need. And we have uh, examples of systems or like jurisdiction recognizing that it's not, there is no way for them to come and try to regulate that system or control that system. For example, you have seen the SEC um, saying uh, uh, that, uh, you know, like the Bitcoin is not a security. They don't try to regulate that blockchain. They don't try to to regulate the Ethereum blockchain either. Um, they consider those things truly decentralized. There is no one group that they could regulate. They couldn't co- go and like try to, re- they can't regulate. And, and like, you know, the people that are contributing to the blockchain, to the Bitcoin blockchain and that are based in in the US, but beyond that, they can't, they can't do much. So I think, um, yeah. Having saying that a blockchain has a has a legal enforceable contract, it, it doesn't make sense. It, there is no need for that, and also it's like there are two different different systems that they can complement each other. However, we shouldn't we shouldn't um, confuse them. Mm-hmm. And this Got is it. why I say currently there is this DAO identity problem that um, yeah people are depending who you are talking to. Um, for for a specific person, a DAO is one thing, and for another, a DAO is another thing. Yeah, it's hard to get our head out of the traditional mindset of an organization. You know, when exactly. I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. okay, I want to start a DAO and I want to have a team under me, you know, I, well, I better come up with an employment contract or, you know, I better have articles of incorporation if I need it's- to get on an, ex- on an exchange because mm-hmm. they're going to ask for it. Mm-hmm. But a DAO wouldn't have any of those things, would it? Yeah. So how do you, how do you like literally join a DAO? Like, do I need to like send someone an invite code and they log in with their wallet? Like what is the actual step-by-step process of joining a DAO? You just have to follow the rules of that DAO. So for example, in, and again, and I go back to the, the, the biggest examples for me, which is the, the Bitcoin blockchain or the Ethereum blockchain. If you want, you, you just, if you want to push some code, you have to follow the rules of that system. And of course, I mean, I imagine that also, um, you know, like you should join um, the core, some of the core teams that could, that have that, the, the power to push um, code to the system and upgrade the system and change the rules. However, this group of developers, they per se, on their own, they cannot change the rules, you know, in, in Bitcoin, miners have to accept those things. And also the nodes that run the blockchain as well. So yeah, it's like uh, for you to participate in a DAO, you should be following the encoded, the software rules um, that are that are public and, and knowledgeable by everybody that can be um publicly auditable and in open source. And so as, 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 like, as soon as you do that, you can become a, uh, a core developer, you can become a miner, you can run uh, run nodes uh, for the blockchain, you know, in, in proof of, of, of stake, you can, you can be a validator following the rules of that system. That's how you participate in the DAOs. Got it. So if we're thinking like... Um like a decentralized exchange, for example, they're pretty much the same, whether it's, um, you know, Uniswap or PancakeSwap on BNB chain, 
or osmosis on Cosmos. So you, you know one, you know them all. They're 99% the same features. Are all DAO tool suites the same, just on different chains? Or is one more robust than another? Where should we start looking if we want to start researching and getting our hands on actual DAO tools? Um, yeah, I mean, that depends. Like you said, you said that uh, you put as an example, the DEX. Um, depending on, on what is it that you're looking for, for example, it, it, Uniswap is a, is a good example of, um, a, 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 for me, it's, it's another DAO, even if a lot of people criticize that, yes, there is decentralized, a decentralized system doesn't mean that there is not centralized, um, participants, right? And so, and so, but the thing is for, for it to be decentralized, it means that these centralized participants, they might have control over a piece of the picture. They don't have control of the whole picture. So um, in, uh, in, in terms of Uniswap, I, I think the protocol, every time that they want to, um, they need to um, upgrade the system, come with a new version of the protocol, they have to deploy it uh, a, a total new version and the community has to like the, the previous version the community can still use it um it's like uh is this social consensus the one that define like what's the latest version and in the version that they understand and identify as the as the as the uniswap protocol um and so yeah the on on, on tooling i think um right now uh for 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 these systems is like Mainly the smart contracts and, and in Cosmos is, um, you know, like I say, we don't have a smart contracts in Cosmos, but there are other tools, like I said, like our stack. And, um, but in terms of like a tooling for entities to interact with them, um, right now in Cosmos, there is something called DAO. So it offers a, a lot of toolings for, um, for the connection between blockchain and then, and then this, Entities that are in the in the periphery um, contributing to the DAOs, and um, so yeah, I think uh, I think right now, not, not I have to say there are not a lot of DAO toolings um, or, or toolings for 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 these entities. Um, I think the most things that we have are like payment solutions, um, which at the end of the day are multi six and and like yeah, automated payments. Um, for example, to pay, um, there are there there is a, a DeFi protocol. I think um, right now I can't remember the name in Ethereum. Where what happens is that um, there is out of the out of the inflation of the token, there is um, part of that inflation goes to uh, to a multi sig, and then the token holders that uh, they decide to allocate um, um, allocate funds. For example, to pay the, the the developers that are developing the protocol, and uh, those payments are are automated according to also certain rules of, that the that the contributors need to follow. They need to go and present certain certain proof that they have they have deployed so, some code or and, and and they have worked, and and then the the payout will 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 go almost automatically. That sounds like an amazing system. I'll have to look it up and find out what that is. There's yeah. so many things that uh, seem just to be built on. Coordinate is the name of, of that. Coordinate. Coordinate, exactly. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, there's so many things that are built by Ethereum on default, but the Ethereum yeah. blockchain is so bogged down already. It's got most of the DeFi. It's got most of the NFTs. 
Uh, it's going to have most of the real world assets that are being minted now. This thing's going to be really, really heavy as we get into the next bull run. What are some of the things we should look to offload to the Cosmos ecosystem instead? Is there st- enough stablecoin liquidity for DeFi to come over? Or you know, what should we really look into? What are some of the bright spots of Cosmos? The uh, brightest, yeah, the brightest spot in Cosmos is is, is the IBC protocol, um, and is the inter inter blockchain communication protocol. The thing is, um, in Ethereum, um, all these L2s uh, and uh, and rollups, they are chains. Um, you know, they are just another chain. Um, currently, there are systems for these chains to to communicate with layer one, uh, and in the case of the Ethereum, the Ethereum blockchain, but there are no systems to to for these L2s to go, to talk to each other, and um, and that's a that's a huge problem. And I think even in Ethereum, they are starting to see that there is need for that communication. And um, and so I think the, the brightest spot in, in Cosmos is that we have solved already for that problem. And um, however, right now I have to say, in order for people to use IBC, uh, alone, it, it's um, it's it's like IBC right now is 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 um, somehow tightly coupled with the Cosmos SDK. However, we are also in the process of looking at uh, ways to 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 not for for the system not to be so coupled and like for people to be able to use IBC even if they don't use something like the Cosmos SDK. Um, so yeah, this is the liquidity among these chains. Are really going to be very very important give us the latest update on what was the biggest topic of the year in the cosmos community and that was the vote for interchain security and the potential change in the big inflation of the atom token uh, where are things at with that today um, well, things are in, in, in to, 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 I think you are talking about Atom 2.0, that proposal. That's, um, that's something that makes me very, um, you know, very happy about, like, it's, a, it's a really something to show off um, for several reasons, even though if that proposal didn't pass. And um, I am one of the persons that believe that the technology describing that proposal was, was amazing. It's amazing. The ideas describing that proposal were amazing and are amazing. Um, even though it didn't, it didn't pass, it, it, is, it shows how, you know, how the hub is decentralized in the sense of like, many of uh, many people that were employed by the ICF um, they were working also on on that paper um, a lot of us wanted for that paper to pass but it it, it didn't happen you know we don't control that blockchain um, we are just an entity that funds sure. the, the open source technology um, and so yeah and, and the validators today really it, it is it was a good um, example of um, participation governance participation. Normally, governance participation is very low, but here the validators, they really, and, and token holders, they really um, uh, do the homework, did the homework of reading that proposal and pointing the problems with that proposal. And what uh, I, I believe one of the main problems were, were like that a lot of um, different ideas were proposed at once in the same paper. And so what, even if, even though it didn't, it didn't pass, um, what we have today is that, um, so different teams, 
um, independent teams are working on, on, on different parts of that proposal and uh, they are going to come and, and present those proposals to the, to the community again independently. And uh, I think uh, at the end, those the Atom 2.0 is going to be a reality. It's, it's just that not everything at once is going to happen. And and like, yeah, the community and, and different teams are organizing around like all the different ideas that, that were packed in that proposal. That's great to hear. Um, it was such an amazing proposal that other teams are now trying to copy it throughout the crypto ecosystem. So that, I think when that happens, you know, you're really on to something. So hopefully... Um, these teams continue to build that stuff out and the community will accept it. What were some of the problems that uh, people weren't comfortable with at first that are probably going to be modified before things get reproposed? I, the, 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 the thing that I, I more or less already mentioned, which is uh, that I, it, it were like a lot of things proposed in, in, in one huge... It was just too much at one time? It was... People were like, "This is too much. It just, it just, this is too much. You should have presented." Um, uh, they were telling the the the, the people that that um, that contributed to that proposal that they should have presented like f- focalized um, in proposals instead of like try to bundle everything at once. It was too much for 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 everybody, and 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 I actually kind of agree with that. You know, because there are some of those ideas are very experimental, and so to do everything at once, it's uh, it could be complicated as well. Yes, and the community needs to feel um, safe and, and comfortable to to yeah to support um, experiments. And so I think for 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 them, for the community in general, and this is, these were the things that we heard the most was that it was it was just too much. All at once. There was a lot packed in there. (laughs) I'm the kind of person that loves massive progress and change overnight. So I thought it was great, but I could definitely see how uh, any amount of change is scary. And that amount can be very, very scary for a lot of people. But it's great to know that these proposals are not dead. They're just getting chopped up, repackaged, and hopefully a little bit easier to digest in the future. I'm a huge believer in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, now and especially going forward. So I'm very grateful to the Interchain Foundation and all the other major contributors going on to make this thing possible. It's my biggest regret that I won't be able to attend Cosmoverse this year in Istanbul. I was around for last year in Medellin and just had the time of my life. Where should people go to learn more about what's happening at the Interchain, the Cosmos community? If people are, you know, finally sick of Ethereum after the latest curve hack and they, they need a change... Where should they go to get started in the Cosmos community? Yeah, they can go to our website, interchain.io, um, but also they can follow um, several uh, Twitter handles in, um, in, in, uh, in, in Twitter. Uh, they, can, they can follow at Cosmos or as, at Cosmos Hub as well, or the, the, the at interchain.io on Twitter. Um, in order to go and learn. In, in our website, we have links to the blog, links to uh, uh, different documentation about all the different parts of, of the stacks that, that we're funding. Fantastic. Well, maybe you can give a couple shout outs to some of the big contributors and personalities in the Cosmos space that have really made it what it is today that people may not know unless they're already involved. Yeah. Um, t- uh, 
It's like several people, several teams um, that are working on on, on developing the, the the different parts of the stacks. For example, informal, which is um, they are maintaining and developing Comet BFT. Um, these are this is the th- main thing that they do for 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 the ICF. Um, and this this team is is um, is is co-founded funded by Ethan Bookman, one of the co-founders of the Cosmos project. Um, then also uh, a team called Binary Binary Builders. They are the ones, the maintainers of the Cosmos SDK. And then our own team, our internal team, um, the IBC team, the, the maintainers are, and, 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 and the ones that are developing the, the IBC protocol and the Go implementation. I think, uh, you know, and, and also like, yeah, several. I think the good thing about Cosmos is that there are not like one central figure um, th- that has good and bad things, but the good things are that that it's like you know if if people are interested about this and 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 are keen to contribute, it is very easy. It's very easy to to um, get involved, to reach out. People are very approachable. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I, I would say you go to to the documentation, go to the Discord channel as well. Everybody is very approachable. That's awesome. And lastly. Um if this is the first podcast someone was listening to who wanted to get into this space, who wanted to start a DAO, you know, wants to participate in the future of technology, finance, organization, what's a couple words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with them? Dad, um, don't think it's too late. Um, it's 2023. Um, I think we are really, really at the beginning of this, of these things. Um, and uh, to be curious, you know, to and, and not to be afraid of, of knocking doors. Uh, people in crypto, I have to say, in, in uh, I love both ecosystem, Ethereum and, and Cosmos. People in crypto are very uh, um, approachable. Don't be afraid to ask dumb, quote unquote, questions. Um, you know, we are all learning. Um, also don't get into, if you're not a, an engineer and if you're not technical, don't think that you cannot contribute. You cannot imagine how much, um, good uh, people with good operational and strategical skills are needed here. You know, people that can, um, uh, really, uh, bring all these amazing ideas that we have in crypto in, into, into reality. Um, yes. Um, and so, yes, don't be afraid and, and be curious. That's a great piece of advice. Be curious, because when you lose your curiosity, that's when you become an adult and that's when you start getting old. So exactly. always be curious. And Maria, thank you so much for spending the last half hour plus with us. Uh, we can't wait to have you back. And thank you again for everything you're doing over there at Interchain. Thanks to you. And thank you to all of our listeners to tuning into the Crypto 101 podcast for another awesome episode. We'll see you again next week.